0: Welcome to Day 31 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Matt Kresge and Katie Kresge. We've been reading uh, through the Gospel of Luke together. Uh, As we've been reading through Luke, what are some of the mega themes that have stood out to you guys? What are some of the ways it's enriched your life?
1: I think just seeing the kingdom of God unfold and how the kingdom of God is not it doesn't come in the ways we expect it to come. It doesn't come, you know, to the people we expect it to come to. So we see just lots of great reversals, mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's you know the poor yeah. are found to be you know wealthy in the kingdom of God, or it's you know the rich find their judgment. I mean, we we see so many of those reversals. But mm-hmm. I think for me, just also just the call. There's so many calls to repentance mm-hmm. in in Luke's gospel that I'm just reminded of. And the call of the kingdom is a call right. to repentance,
0: which means to turn away from something yeah. to something else, yeah. mm-hmm. to let go of something and grab hold of something else. And of course, that is the invitation of the gospel. How about you, Katie? What are you know, some mm-hmm. of the for me? It goes along. Is,
2: it goes along with what he said, but um, I feel like the Lord has just highlighted the Pharisees as we read this book, like more than ever before in my life. Um, just seeing. Um, their approach and their heart. And um, like I've mentioned before, seeing them as villains, but then the Lord showing me that (laughs) that's my heart too. And, um, and so not to judge these Pharisees as villains, but to really let the Lord um, show my own heart. Um, in, in seeing them. Um, so that's been a, a good thing for me. Oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So much easier for us to have the heart of a Pharisee than to have the heart of our Master yeah. or the heart of Jesus. And, and so, usually, when you see a Pharisee in, in the Gospels, you're looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You can see the attitudes that are prevalent among us you know, when we lose sight of who Jesus is and the great compassion that he has. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's a great, you know, lead into uh, today's chapter, chapter sure. 15. Probably Matt more sermons preached on this chapter in Luke yeah. uh, than any other New Testament passage. Yeah. And deservedly so, it is a perfect, you know, description of Jesus and his invitation to us and his, his love and his longing for those who are far away from him. So uh, we pick up uh, with uh, Luke chapter 15, Mm -hmm. and uh, before we do, let me just uh, offer this moment to the Lord and offer ourselves to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that even in our best moments we tend to be Pharisees, and yet you show us a heart of compassion and mercy that is far beyond our imagination. We thank you that uh, you found us at our worst, and you embraced us, and you loved us, and even in this parable, you've thrown a wonderful feast for us with singing and, and with dancing. May our hearts be overwhelmed by your heart for us, and may the heart you have for us uh, be reflected in the heart we have for, for those around us who are far from you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees And the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I've found my lost sheep. I'll tell you that in the same way there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons do not need to repent. Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the state. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and have never disobeyed your orders. You've never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fat calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Uh, that almost uh, brings me to tears every time I read it and I've read it I don't know how many hundreds of times but uh, it's a meaningful meaningful passage and the compassion of the father is so rich and the way he you know treats you this wayward son is so lavish and, and we realize that's his invitation to us this is uh you know the only place in scripture where we have an answer to um, you know, a a question or an answer to a criticism that Jesus, you know, gives us three parables in a row. And every every one of them is compelling. And, of course, the last one just blows us away yeah. mm-hmm. because we're not dealing with sheep any longer. And I don't know if I had, you know, if I had 100 sheep and I lost one, I, I, I think I'd be okay with that. 99 yeah. is <laughs> good. We'll have others soon. Yeah. Uh, but this shepherd goes after, and he, he you know, picks up the sheep and he puts it, you know, like we do our kids when they're young, on his shoulders and walks back with it. And then, you know, he's so excited that he calls all of his friends. Mm-hmm. And a woman looking for a coin, uh, you know, for us, uh, you know, that you know, one silver coin was hardly meaningful for her is a big part of her wealth. Mm-hmm. And uh, she loses it and pursues it. Does everything she can. Turns the house upside down. We've all been there, looking for our car keys. Mm. I, I've never called my friends to rejoice with me when I found my car keys, but I'm always, <laughs> you know, pretty happy what I've done. It and, uh, it's, uh, and then it leads us into it leads us into the final parable. So, what are some of the things you know that uh, stand out as you guys read this?
2: I think what strikes me is that um, the Pharisees. They find themselves as um, part of the of the flock that's still there. They find themselves as part of the, the one of the coins that aren't lost. And and re- and of course, we see the Pharisees and the brother who stays right and who works hard for the father. But I think what strikes me is that the, all the Pharisees have to do, and all we have to do, is realize that we are the lost one. That that God so desperately wants to find and rejoices over finding and it's i think i don't know it's just um a moment of realization that i i'm lost i'm lost and i desperately need to be found and that um i don't know would just lead them to realize like wow he he treasures anyone who realizes that they're lost um i don't know
1: well it's it's ironic too that the pharisees you know say the pharisees and teachers of the law this man welcomes sinners and eats with them and it's one of the truest things they've ever said, you know, he yeah. absolutely does. Mm-hmm. And the parables he goes on to, you know, to tell, demonstrate, yes, but what about you? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's one of the hard parts. It's just, it's so easy to differentiate ourselves or separate ourselves from people who aren't like us or who, you know, mm-hmm. aren't up to our standard of righteousness as we look at other people and say, surely God can't love them, you know, or God can't love them in the way that he loves us. Yeah. And we, don't, we would never say, man, we're being a Pharisee until we read these parables and we kind of turn inward and we realize, oh, man, I'm much yeah. more like the Pharisee than and, the and sinners the, and tax collectors. Yeah. And it's the, a
0: huge, uh, yeah, I'm sorry.
1: No, I would say, or the, the sinners, you know, that he invites to eat with yeah. them.
0: And it's a huge tendency of the church as well to, uh, you know, withdraw from culture and to create a, you know, create kind of a little, you know, bubble mm-hmm. where we separate ourselves uh but uh, you know the call, you know the call of uh, the people of God is to be a light to the nations and to be engaged with the nations yeah. and it always has been. And this was the big failure of Israel; they never extended God's grace, you know, past their own privilege. Mm. And uh, so this also reminds us, you know, to have a heart, you know, not again, you know, like we said at the beginning, uh, not to look at a Pharisee and see ourselves in a mirror yeah. as someone who is withdrawn and has no compassion for those far from christ
1: i love the image too especially that i, th- I feel like the first parable kind of gets overlooked because the third one is so good and we want to jump to the third one but i mean to have you know that many sheep you would have been a wealthy shepherd that you know i think i remember reading i think it was probably daryl bach one time said that you would probably have about 20 to 25 sheep you know if you're a shepherd and and that's you're doing okay you know to have 99 like you're you're wealthy Yeah, as
0: far as I'm concerned, hundreds way too many. Yeah, I mean one 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 sheep's too many, but um, (laughs) we have two dogs. Yeah, yeah, two
2: too too many. (laughs) Yeah, so to have
1: 99, you're still wealthy, you know. But to go to leave that all behind, you know, in, in search of one is is in a lot of ways reckless, you know. What what are you doing? And yet that's the image that Jesus paints, and he keeps going. Obviously, we know the you know the lost coin and. Parable of the lost son, or however we want to designate that title. You know, there's so many.
0: Well, Jesus has been saying you, you care more for your donkey and your ox, yeah. you know, than you do for, you know, someone who's been infirmed, mm-hmm. you know, for all of these years. And uh, you care, you know, more for small things that you own than for the big things that God longs for. Yeah. And uh, we find out that the big thing that God is longing for is what you pointed out a while ago, Katie, is Katie us. Mm-hmm. He longs, you know, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy, you know, that he has this kind of longing for us. And you see, you know, in yourself, not only, you know, picture, uh, we not only see ourselves reflected in the Pharisees, but also in the younger son. You know, God, I want your stuff, but could you just leave me alone? Mm -hmm. You know, let me do what I want to do. I mean, you know, to have, you know, all this cool stuff you've given me and have you looking over my shoulder just really kind of cramps my style. So I'd rather, you know, just kind of, take the good things you give me and, you know, make my own thing out of them. And, of course, that was the initial temptation, you know, to separate the good things from God, from, you know, the care and the nurture of God himself. And the, the son finds out the same thing. He finds himself in a foreign country, and he finds out the resources soon run out. A famine ensues. Uh, he's in a pig pen, which, you know, for... You know, for us that's bad enough. Yeah. Uh if you've grown up in the Jewish culture way worse. despising unclean animals. And and of course that does show his his, his filthiness. Yeah. yeah. And as, as a picture of he's sitting there in the unclean and they're not even letting him eat the pods, right. evidently. Mm-hmm. You know, and those are for the pigs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he finds himself in want and he says, Wow, my father is you know, just to be his servant or his employee is better than you know, being on my own. Mm -hmm. And I love that when he came to his senses. When we come to our senses, you know, we're going to return to the Father's house, even if things intend to be going well for Mm us.
1: Well, I I love, too, you know, he's he's ready to go back home, comes to his senses, and he begins to rehearse what he's going to say when he sees the Father. And he, Mm -hmm. you know, I think he's probably overwhelmed in that moment as the Father comes running to him, which wouldn't have been you know, culturally accepted. The father you know, doesn't pick up his robe and start running. No, the father
0: should have been very indifferent and yeah, very standoffish and, and the son should have come and thrown himself at his feet and begged yeah, and humiliated himself. And instead, the father humiliates himself by showing such extravagant reception. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we, we can't, even begin, we've seen so many movies where you run across a field and embrace somebody you've lost yeah. and you love. Uh, we, we can't really you know, identify with how uh, the son should have shamed himself before the father because he had shamed the father, but the father shames himself before the son in his extravagance. Oh
2: mm-hmm. yeah. And didn't both brothers sin? Like, both brothers have sin, one. The first one is just the one where his sin is so seen by the world, right? It's so external. We see the results of that, and then the other brother is is he's got pride. I mean, he struggles mm-hmm. with pride. He struggles with maybe some jealousy um, with of his other brother, and and no one really sees that. It's not as external, and um, and so I just think it's so good for us to see that like there is sin that. We, we scoff at sin that is very external, and honestly, throughout this book, that's the kind of sin, the kind of sinful life that has led these these sinners to come straight to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's the secret sin; it's the sin that's easily hidden that leads us to stay away from Him oh, because yeah. we don't yeah. see it.
0: Well, here's the, here, here is the big you know the big mess of the older son. He's lived in his father's house. But he has lost sight of the Father, mm. and so you have two sons that are as far away from God as they could possibly be. One of them realizes it, and one of them doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that it ends on a tragic note. Uh, you, know, it ends on a, a party, a feast, dancing, restoration, music, and, and of course, in the last chapter, you know, we, we just had the parable of the great feast that God has invited us to. We have Isaiah's in a picture of the mountain of the Lord and the plenty of that. And we have, you know, the bride, you know, the bridal feast of the Lamb in Revelation. So you have this whole idea of being brought into this huge celebration and refusing to go in because you've lost sight of who the Father really is. Mm-hmm. All these years I've been laboring for you, and you didn't even give me a goat. Mm-hmm. Son, everything I have is yours. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, he's proved that with both sons, everything I have. Yeah,
1: is it is yours. Well, and I love through these parables, you know, ending on that note, you know, it begins, and this is, I mean, it's just good for us as we read scripture to remember, why is Jesus telling these parables? Who's he speaking to? You know, and it begins with the Pharisee saying he eats with with sinners. You know, so Jesus tells these parables and says, absolutely. But then he leaves it with the call to them, but what about you? Will I eat with you?
0: Yeah. And are you willing to come into the banquet? And are you willing yeah. to celebrate? when others are brought, are brought in. Mm. Hey, Matt, you mind closing us yeah. with a word, word of prayer?
1: Father, we thank you that you indeed have sought us, that you have you've lavished your love upon us. Uh, we thank you for the grace we have in Christ. We thank you that uh, you are a God who doesn't push sinners aside but invites them and draws them in and uh there is a banquet that awaits us and and so father we thank you for the fellowship and communion we have with you and with one another uh, because of what christ has done um thank you for the reminder that you are full of grace um but at the same time um, father you call us to to be honest with our sin and to repent and so would we um would we come to you um with the heart of the younger son um Instead of the older brother. Um, Father, we thank you for your grace. It's in Christ's praying.